Welcome to Permeable Minds with Ethan and Yvonne. Every episode we'll be bringing you a new topic to share and discuss. Remember there are no wrong answers and all we ask is for you to keep an open mind. We can't wait for you to take part and join in the conversation. to another episode of our listeners panel this couldn't be better timed really um i'm not gonna lie i wish me and ethan could take all the credit but we didn't even realize we were gonna record this while the world cup was on um but let's just pretend that it was all perfectly planned joining us on today's listeners panel we have three guests one is a very last minute addition due to some potentially controversial controversial comments i should say um but if i can start by reintroducing tom to the listeners panel uh as this is your second one and tom if you can just remind us who you are and this time why do you think you deserve to be on today's panel good evening my name is tom uh i was previously on the food panel which I believe I was professionally qualified for <laughs> and now I don't believe I'm professionally qualified for this but with certain sports I take more of my identity than anything else probably more than my nationality or religion or anything like that um, I would define myself as being an ex-fan above anything else Wow them fighting words from Tom that is a strong intro so, very, very strong. Yeah. And, okay, let me introduce the second one. Also a second timer. A two-timer? A second timer. <laughs> He's my brother. He's Jason. He's back again. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason. After my impeccable cameo last podcast, I was dragged <laughs> on to this one by Ethan. Um, I am quite a big sports fan, I would say. Uh, pretty good knowledge about a lot of different sports but mainly focus on football and basketball american football um and i have some strong opinions about sport as well so yeah be interesting to talk about i am so excited i yeah I, i'm not even a professional on this subject I, I i claim to know a little bit about tennis uh and that's about it as you all heard from the original episode um introducing our third guest this evening who is a first timer on today's podcast Arthie take it away why are you here today Arthie hi I'm Arthie um I don't watch really any sport um sometimes if, if it's on tv I'll look at it but I do have some strong opinions so I think that's why I'm here today <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong that was because of the original episode Arthie right yeah yeah I had some strong opinions about that last episode I just to give people some background the reason why Arthie's a last minute edition we were literally talking about the sports episode maybe an hour ago and I called her and I said look we're recording tonight you have to be here um and I just can't wait to see all of your faces particularly Ethan's when shit gets laid down that's all I'm gonna say I will say it does feel like that I may be under attack this episode. Maybe even on a personal level. I don't know. <laughs> Are people going to come at me? Are you guys going to come at me? Is this what's happening? 
No comment. I mean, Richard pretty much did that on the food episode, so you should expect anything from now yeah, on, but right? He had some terrible takes. <laughs> I mean, Tom, we won't have any berating of any other previous guests or previous colleagues on our podcast. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, you're right. And by you, I will let the listeners decide who I meant. Um, right. First of all, are we are we all watching the World Cup, including you, Arthi? Are we are we engaging just the England games? What are we saying? Well, I am. You're watching quite a few games, right? Not just England. So I actually have quite a few days off. Um, like you said before, I didn't really know the World Cup was coming, or I knew the World Cup was coming, but I didn't know when. So my days off actually coincided perfectly with both England games so that's amazing for me Um, it's just a lucky coincidence really but I am binging a lot of games this is the real sweet spot of World Cup Um, being a veteran of many tournaments but the first time where I'm not in a job with antisocial hours this is like the time where you get three games a day and because of the incompetence of this World Cup the fact they've condensed it to less than a month you're going to get four games a day for the next 10 days or so and this is like this will be like crack and then you will come down <laughs> when when the knockout stages hit and you have a day without football you probably won't know what to do with yourself which is quite often how I feel there's nothing really to do you just feel a bit empty yeah no I completely agree with Tom um, I've got a lot of dopamine stored for this World Cup and a lot of it's already been released in that first England game, Ooh. but um, yeah, a lot more waiting to be um, un- unleashed. So unleashed, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this World Cup. Yeah, and Arthi, I have not been following it. I follow it enough so I can talk to people at work about it, so they don't think I'm a weirdo. Put it that way. That is enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, out of interest would you all consider England to be your national team? And the reason why I ask that, I know three of you were born here. Ethan, you were, bo- you were born in China. Would you still consider England to be your national team? <laughs> Can someone else answer this question first, please? It's all gone a bit Daily Mail. <laughs> I mean, on behalf of Ethan, on behalf of the Yun family, China are so shit at football. There is, there's literally no other option. We have to support England, but obviously, yeah, England is England is the team. Okay. Um, and it obviously makes things easier that England is gonna win the World Cup, and they're one of the best teams in this World Cup as well. So, dare we say it? Please don't say it. It's 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 what? It's... Like, like I said on Instagram the other day, the keys in the ignition. Is it coming home though? Oh, yeah. Price in one year. Why not? (laughs) I know it pisses Ethan off, so that's why I wanted to get it out there straight away. It's just Um, cringy. That's all it is. For me, it's very cringy. And I think the reason, like, look, for me, yeah, I would say if if any team was my national team, it would be England and or China, right? Like China, I guess, would be there by default England similarly would be there by default and I do get excited watching England play and you know I will support them but 
is England the team that I support the most? I couldn't answer that for certain. This is where I wanted to dig in straight away because I knew, right? Ethan is, I know Ethan's not just following England, right? I couldn't support any other team, but then again, I'm not like big on football. You know, I, I, I like football as much as any person in the UK. But do you have any other alliances? And if one of the other alliances was playing England, who would you support? Yes and no. So I have a really complex formula that's constantly playing battle in my head. So at the same time, I want the Arsenal players that are playing to do well. But at the same time, I want them to go out as early as possible. So when the domestic season resumes, I want them to be fresh. I also have a weird hierarchy in my head of, I want to see Germany lose. I want to see France or Argentina or any other team that could be a competitor to England further down the line lose. But without having a wall chart in front of me, the fact that some of those teams lost... Argentina probably won't come top of their group and that will mean that that is going to really skew the knockout stages you're going to have people outliers going one way and strong teams going another and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the next week pans out so yeah I I want England to win all the time but also being quite a petty sports driven sports motivated person I want to see other teams lose as much as possible. So it's all it's almost like a strategic approach to a lot of this, right? Yes. Um, very much so. What about yourself, Arthi? I this might sound bad, but I like people. Like if I like a particular player, I don't care what country they're from. I'm going to be following that player and I'm going to be like following them till the end, even if they're against England. I'll be that person. Yeah. Arthi! I know. <laughs> but You're coming out with some controversial stuff so early on. I did not expect that. I think my allegiance for the player is more than the allegiance to the country. That sounds really bad to say. I'm not I'm not like Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't tell people. <laughs> well I don't know, but you might like you too should know this about me. But that is very similar to how I approach a lot of things. I'm often a supporter of the player rather than the team. And I might just follow that player around. Now, it doesn't necessarily go into kind of national teams as much, but club-wise, for sure. But like football is such a team-based sport, so it's, it's not like an individual sport. I could understand that if it's like, yeah, it's a tennis, yeah. you know, a tennis player who plays singles. Then fair enough. But if you're supporting a team because of just one player, when he's one player out, like what, a, a squad of 26? I don't, I don't, not sure that makes sense. But... I mean, I guess football's hard because it's a team sport. You're right. But then, yeah, what if you like like a particular player so much more than the whole team? Can I, can I say something controversial? Always. Ethan's point is everything that's wrong with modern football, and. If a player leaves Arsenal, initially they're dead to me. Might come good again, but I I don't see how I can have anything positive to say or think about them. If they've left your club, they've left your club. Why is so that? I think I'm, I think I'm the polar opposite to you. But I think that's down to 
my upbringing and my approach to it. But why is that a, a problem? Why is, I guess, Arthur and I's approach to fandom like a problem? It's not a problem. It's just my viewpoint of it. I, I see that it's a more modern thing. I don't think you had it pre-Premier League or even pre, say, 2010 when Premier League social media... Um, wider European or world football got so big uh, to the point where you have there are two players that have basically dominated the discourse in the last 15 or so years and you know who they are if you follow football you don't have to say it and most people probably fall into one camp or another um, and whether you're Messi or Ronaldo and thankfully that's coming to an end given that they're petering out and we'll see who the next people are you do make a very good point with the whole celebrity and the idolization of these athletes that you know have proliferated because of access to media and you know everything else that's kind of made everything so accessible that these these athletes these individuals can become more than the sport themselves i guess that is a very good point jason what's your take because um you've been a little bit quiet do you follow i agree with tom I, i i support a team what side of the fence do you sit on? Can you follow a player, or do you do you also? Um... I think I I I agree with you guys. I'm always team first. I do follow players if they leave, and I particularly like them. But if they would, I would only I would only continue following them if they joined a you know a team or a squad that had could would have nothing to do with my team or impact the chances of my team's kind of hope of winning. If they did join like a rival squad or something, yeah, they're dead to me as well. I agree. Yeah, pig's head thrown at them, yeah. like back in the day, in the early noughties. Without meaning to sound too hate crimey. And for example, Jason, do you only support England during the World Cup, or will you flitter? Because I know you're into like other sports. I don't know what Premier League team you support, but do you follow them around the World Cup as well, or are you England through and through? Uh, no, I, I'm I'm very much England through and through. Um, I'm like so on the England hype train; it's unbelievable right now. Like I'm so convinced we're gonna win. Um, and regarding like players from, I support Man United, but players from the club, I, I you know I hope they do well and don't get injured. But I honestly couldn't care less about how their country does or how they play. Really, to be honest, all I care is about I'm you know a split. White and red. Yeah, <laughs> that's, like, that's a way of saying things. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> just for context, because you know, England have played one game. All right, we're one day away. We're the evening before their second game against the US. So that's just for context of like where where this conversation is. One thing I did want to mention, because I know you're obviously you've all mentioned. Well, Tom, you've mentioned you're an Arsenal supporter. Jason, Man U, and Ethan, Man U, right? Yeah. Have you always been? Wait, Arthur, do you support anybody? No. <laughs> what? Like, so who do you support? Like, like doesn't have to be football, but like you know, who's the like the players that you support? I, I don't really follow anyone. I support Brentford because my office is in Brentford, and I get free football tickets to go watch Brentford games. I don't even go because don't like football. Okay. Wait, but you, you said that you like to follow athletes. So, 
or like well no would. athletes in other sports I, I don't follow football at all so so for example so i follow formula one kind of semi like a bit and okay. the drivers i like are not the british drivers okay yeah and like especially watching it in this country there's so much coverage for like the british drivers and it's it's a bit annoying when you don't support them did you like the did you like f1 before the netflix documentaries no. <laughs> okay. No. No. Brilliant. I'm one of those fans who came after Netflix, and people people hate me. I know this. See, this is the thing I don't understand, right? Okay, because I know this is something that Tom also had an issue with, but um, we're gonna nicely segue into this as now because. So in the podcast, I I said that sport is a product, right? And Tom. Through the wire, through the grapevine, um, I heard that you were not happy with that statement. But this is the, the perfect example, right? You have this product, Formula One, and maybe it's not getting as many eyeballs as it should be, right? It's an incredibly exhilarating sport, but people don't watch it. People don't know about it, especially maybe in the US where they have NASCAR and other motorized sports. But, you know, the marketing department did its job made a documentary and now loads of people love it and it's only bringing money to the sport to allow it to flourish even more any thoughts anyone so as someone who's actually done this like watched the netflix and then gone to it i now can see it's so dramatized it's like almost fake the stuff they're showing and it's annoying when you watch the sport and you're like it doesn't need the like the dramatic stuff you can just watch it for what it is with like F1, I don't know much about F1. I only know kind of very much the, the bare bones. Um, but I can imagine it being started just to sell cars, as in, you know, famous car companies would put out their best car, best engine, fastest car, put it in this race, get the promotion, and then hopefully sell more of their normal cars because, you know, their best car won the race out of, you know, all the competing companies. So in that way, I feel like F1 is definitely a product and a marketing ploy, but that's my take on that. So you think it's sports dependent? Yeah, I feel like F1 is definitely more of a marketing um, ploy and more of a product than other sports have developed more naturally just because of, you know, people were bored, so they started kicking a ball around. Like that's a lot more natural than F1, which is probably most likely. Uh, obviously, probably someone needs to probably fact check me on this, but I can imagine it was definitely started by like you know Audi being like, oh yeah, we want to show off our fastest car and beat BMW or something. Audi, okay, mate. You clearly well, don't, really don't watch. Okay. Really <laughs> you clearly don't, don't watch. <laughs> I was thinking that it's like it's not really about car selling stuff, but there is a lot of promotion, a lot of like money. It's it's like a it's a Middle Eastern sport. There's a lot of money in it. So yeah, there's a lot of like products and stuff. And they literally have constructor titles, right? So like, yeah. you know, Mercedes will win or you know Ferrari will win. So yeah, yeah, it's true. Tom, you're very quiet. Would you like uh, to have a, a crack, a pop? I just had to dial back quickly and work out what it is I said. Um, so mm. I think my quote was, Ethan describes sport as being a product and he's part of the problem. 
but I, I say that through the prism of being a football fan. I won't speak about other sports because I'm not as clued up. Football and rugby union are probably the only two sports I feel confident enough talking about. And I think you... I think football has a real... It's got a real clear demarcation line, and that is the early 90s. And as soon as Sky got involved post-Hillsborough and how everything that happened in the early 90s came about, it did become a product, and that's fair enough. And you see that in stuff like the Super League, which was last spring, how that came about. And there are people who do view the sport as a product. But I think my well my view is is that sport is not a product sport is the sport or football is a sport um but then you have everything around it you have amazon making documentaries about football teams and you have all the commercial tie-in like the team i support has on their sleeve visit rwanda which isn't really that lovely when you consider other other bodies who want to get involved in sending people to Rwanda um, I that doesn't sit well with me um, the World Cup is a product the World Cup is a commercial product and you just I mean, have to look at the fact that it's in Qatar is just yeah, the perfect symbol of me. it being a product the fact that people who are people died for this World Cup to come about and that should not that should not go unsaid um LGBT people can't go to this World Cup openly. You've had Welsh supporters having their rainbow bucket hats confiscated. Interestingly, not the men, just the women. And you you have so many different things. We could talk about it for so long. That yeah, sport probably is a product and it's probably the way it's going now. It just it doesn't really sit right with me. But I say that as someone who is a football fan supports a particular club was not given any choice in it when I grew up I've already said it's more of my identity than any other part of me uh, it's just the way I've almost been indoctrinated if you were to swap out the name of a religion for what I'm saying about football probably be um, on a prevent list or something <laughs> I have a question then for you Tom do yeah. you think I know you disagree with kind of the marketing and making football a product, which it obviously has become these days. But do you feel like without those things, football would, you know, continue to survive, or will it slowly die out without the marketing? Without no, it would have died if Sky didn't come in in the nineties. It would have died, um, or it would have been someone else. It would have been yeah. another media company who would have come in and thrown the money at them, and like it or not the reason that certain things are the way they are these days, the way that certain players will earn more than any of us will over a lifetime in a week or a month, that's down to the fact that money's been poured into it because the other option was stadiums falling apart, people not going, horrific attendance and stuff going so on. It's like football a necessary grounds. vice essentially to, yeah, to keep the yeah. game growing. And... I, I just think you've got to draw the line somewhere and having having one club being owned by the investment arm of a nation that routinely goes and chops up journalists doesn't really sit well but what can you do you've opened pandora's box and you can't put the 
genie back in the bottle. Yeah, the only reason I say this is because a lot of sports complain about not having enough marketing, not being you know, sold as a product. For example, well, I think women's football is an example. There's a lot of uproar about it not having the marketing you know, backing behind it compared to men's football. No, but they're on, they're on the upward aspect of the curve. Um, things will change. Like, if you look at how women's football was five years ago and how it will be in five years, I'm sure there will be a marked difference. Um, I've followed the Arsenal women's team for a couple of years. I know a fair amount, a fair amount about them now, which I didn't used to a couple of years ago. Um, and like what you said about other sports, look at look at rugby union. Um, one of the biggest teams in England has gone to the wall because they they couldn't find a business model that was sustainable. And arguably, football business models aren't really that sustainable. But they're kind of they are at the top end. They're maybe not at the bottom end. It's the team we support, Ethan. Is it? I, look, this is how much I know. Like nothing. Yeah, it's the London. It's like wasps. You know, we went to the game when we were young. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about wasps. Okay, fine. But like, yeah, definitely, Tom. It sounds like you know, there's a. It's a very complex relationship you have with this notion. Um, almost an internal battle of, you know, on the one hand this, on the one hand that. Like, uh... you should read Fever Pitch because that outlines it quite well. Um, don't watch the films because they're awful um, and Colin Firth trying to pull off the being a football fan will never work in any universe <laughs> but, but if you if you have the time and you have the access to it read Fever Pitch I can't recommend it highly enough just to say that we as a podcast do not condone any violence or insult against Colin Firth that man is a treasure <laughs> Um, can I pick, unless Ethan, what, I, I felt like there was something on the tip of your tongue, Ethan. Are you all good, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I agree, like, pretty much, I think, yeah. Um, you said something interesting, Tom, I had to scribble down. You said you had no choice, right? You had no choice but to support Arsenal. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. It's, it's kind of ingrained kind of, within you. Yeah, my dad's an Arsenal fan. His dad, although he's not on the scene anymore is an Arsenal fan. That's probably the only thing we ever took from him. Uh, I, my first memories of football are going to Highbury with my dad and being absolutely mind-blown that this is how football happened, wondering how all the other games took place at the same time. Uh, yeah, I remember quite vividly as a toddler or maybe as a primary school-aged child having a tantrum because my dad wouldn't take me and throwing my Arsenal shirt in the bin. Um, I'm told that my mum tried to uh, teach me and my brother to say words that would upset my dad, like Tottenham or Sheringham. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're not stupid. So, for example, if, you know, if Arsenal were ever playing terribly, would you not switch, ever? No. No, I mean, I'm... I'm in my mid-30s, so I've seen some bad stuff, but nothing compared with what they have been. I mean, 
Yeah, I was about to yeah. say, it's a bit, some, some bad stuff is an understatement. Yeah, obviously. I'm not old enough to remember when we had an alcoholic uh, who went to prison as our captain, but <laughs> he was on Strictly, so it's it's weird how things work. Um, if you see football fans moaning about how their club is doing, about how Arsenal are doing, um, they're part of the problem. Arsenal fan TV are part of the problem. Well, one thing, the reason why I asked is because I hope, Ethan, well, I don't know if Ethan will agree, but I think Ethan's quite fluid. Like he said, he follows players, right? And I'm, I've never actually asked Jason this, so um, we, we've kind of joked about it, but I don't know how he actually feels on the subject. So Ethan follows a player in the NFL, and as soon yeah. as he bounced to another team, uh, he then switched teams, right? So I thought that was just that was just ridiculous. Obviously, I don't know what Arthie's take's going to be because Arthie's a fan of the... Ah, oh, big thumbs up from Arthie. Yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> um, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, just flipping... Obviously, I don't know how long Ethan had supported that team before. Uh, I, I don't know either. <laughs> like, like... Because it was only a flutter. It was only a couple of weeks. No, no, definitely for like a, a while, for sure. Oh, right, thank you for that really specific number. That's um, what you get with Jason. Uh, thoughts? You know, he who is it? Wilson? Yeah, Russell Wilson. He plays for the Denver Broncos. Used to play for the Seahawks for a long time. Was very good for a while, and it's not very good anymore. But well, like, my thoughts, joked, right? We, I was like, I don't know which flipping team this guy supports anymore because he's always flip flopping, right? So, what is your take? Do you do you agree? Would you as well? I always think like. If you're, you know, if you love a player so much that you're following them to every team that they go to, you're essentially the same as like that Ronaldo or Messi fanboy on YouTube who comments on every highlight reel, be like, "Oh my God, Ronaldo's so good, mate! You can do no wrong." Or, "Oh my God, Messi, he's the goat. He's definitely the goat. Way better than Ronaldo." So if you think of it that way, yeah, you, you like, there's only one answer, Ethan. What? Yeah, piece answer? of shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Look, first of all, right, I just want to say, I like watching good players play or good teams play, right? So if, for example, a good player moves to another team or a team becomes bad and another team becomes good, what is the, like, what is so bad about me enjoying watching the other team more now? Because they, I like to watch good quality play i think it's because it's like you're you're only watching it for this one player right well that's the main driving like motivator behind you watching that team is you wouldn't watch a team if that player wasn't playing for them would you no right okay exactly so you're you're only watching the team for that one player so you only care about that what what that one player does and then if anything good happens you'll just be like oh yeah it's because russell wilson like watch from the sidelines while the defense made an amazing play that's whoa why, whoa that's why, i have never said winning. anything like that <laughs> i might follow players but i ain't delusional like i i have never said anything like that but you know oh, what that's... i mean like look we oh, like yeah, we yeah. all want to watch something good we all want to watch good players and good yeah. teams and the beautiful like game whatever the game it is so what is so wrong with us following the team or the player that plays the most beautiful. 
Okay, well then, my counter-argument is that what if that player suddenly becomes trash? Which is what's happened now. That is Are you my still question. watching? Are you still no, watching this team? No, because I'm following the beautiful players! So, I'm, oh, okay, well, this other player's playing better. Okay, cool. Let's follow him now. Because, you know, he's playing amazing. I don't see what the issue is with that. So I agree. What if you love the sport? What if you want to enjoy like good quality sport? What if that's what it's about? More than like the team, more right. than like, it's like enjoying the football and like really good strategy and I don't know, like you know, good I guess football. That's a fair point. Yeah, exactly. I guess that. that's like if if you're just going for like pure entertainment value, then fair enough, I get that. But uh, there's nothing more. And I think that would never be when your team has been shit for a long time. You stuck, you stick with them like throughout their shit years and then finally they get good and they actually win like that it you know nothing will be that entertainment that's like one tier above your level of entertainment i so, agree yeah exactly. so i just don't have I'm, the patience for, for a long, long haul i'm in it for the long haul though well i'm in the sport for a long haul but like, you know, <laughs> i'm getting these like minor hits of dopamine now and again yeah, I'm, I'm here for the big hit you know i want the the proper stuff <laughs> You're here for the crack that Tom was talking about. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, I, I've just had a bit of an epiphany. Ooh. And it was based on what Artie said just now. But when it comes to rugby union, the only teams I would really follow would be England or the Lions. Uh, for club stuff, I have no allegiance. So, for anything below international... I will simply watch and I will enjoy and I will fall into the not really have a vested interest in it, just be there for the sport um, but I've got to caveat that with the kind of complex stuff of I will always want to see certain teams lose because of petty inadequacies like something happened in 2005 and I still hold a grudge about it today um, like there will always be those little bits that you have to bear in mind but I think that's down to kind of who I am as a person which is quite a petty person um, but my approach to rugby union is almost the polar opposite to my approach to football which um, yeah I never really realised until now but I think that's because of how I was when I was brought up with football I find a lot of sports fans are petty to some degree even me you know i've been painted as like some glory hound or someone who just a turncoat that jumps ship like at any sign of like trouble but even i am petty to a certain degree where there are teams or players that i will never support or like i tell will respect the shit out of sorry tell us about your pettiness I want to know I'm not alone. Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, yeah, okay, I do like Russell Wilson, although now, you know, it's a little shit now. Yeah, but like, shit. but there were teams that, you know, if he went to, I'll be like, no. So like in, like in that, for example, the, the NFL, I am generally against like anything New England Patriots. So like, I will never really support them. I used to think it was a Tom Brady thing, but it's not a Tom Brady thing. Because I have nothing against his current team, the the Bucks. So, yeah. So, like, yeah, there are like teams or players that are just like no go zones for me. But you know, I can still respect them as like highly talented individuals or 
any like anything any respect due is fine but just person on a personal level i can never really like them i hope that makes you feel more like that you're not alone tom we're with yeah, you on this a little bit little bit i mean i told him on a couple of them don't know whether they're apt to be shared here the floor is yours tom so i would whilst tottenham was sponsored by holston up until that sponsorship finished i would not drink that beer and yeah i would just that level of pettiness like trying to think of a more modern take um it goes hand in hand with with what Ethan said in the last episode, though, because he would, you know, if a sports person would, you know, vouch for a product or, you know, steer a product, he would also buy it, right? Well, that's Not just, just sports people, but celebrities. Yeah, but that's just me and my weird, like, susceptibility to advertising. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds proper tribalistic. I rate that. Yeah, I've just had another thought. It's basically another beer brand, and they are aligned with uh, the team that I just mentioned that get battered everywhere they go. Um, and that is, I would not go near that beer. And I didn't realise until my brother pointed it out about six months ago. Um, but now I've kind of, that's my line in the sand. Don't drink Foster's, don't drink Beaver Town, don't drink anything at the moment. But um, that would be it. But I will say that. As a podcast, Permeable Minds, we are open to sponsorship by all these brands. <laughs> if you are listening, please get in touch. I will drink the shit out of your beer. Damn, Permeable Minds has become a product, man. It's, it's really sad to see. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you expect? <laughs> Everyone, I had a, had a point to make from the, the podcast that I listened to the other day. Please um, do. This, this might need to get cut, but um, no filter. Yeah, um, but I, I think I, in the podcast you're talking about how you you're wondering why women weren't in kind of competing with men in certain sports, and then yeah. you also talked about whether drugs and steroids and things should be allowed in sport. What if to help women compete with men in sport, we just only let the women take drugs like steroids to to get them up to that playing field? No. Is that a good idea? That's a very East German approach. <laughs> Arthur, you went in with a hard no there. Well, it was like, no. I mean, like, oh, this is going to... I don't even know. I don't want to get cancelled. Like... <laughs> is this not like a genius idea for me? Like, this was so... No. I can't say anything these I days. Have, yeah, you can't I say have... anything these days. It's really hard. Like, I don't want to offend anybody. But I, I had like... a really strong reaction in my head because I literally had an argument with somebody at work about this. But, Arthur, you go ahead. Because I was going to say, like, women should, like, compete with, like, similar women and men should... But then, like, then obviously there's the trans argument, which is why I'm like, I don't want to... Like, you can... But then part of me is like, maybe they should have their own. But you don't want to segregate people. So it's really, it's really hard. I don't know what the answer is. It's complex. Yeah. But so I don't think women should be taking steroids. It's not natural. Like the sport should be like what your body can achieve through train training and like what you can do. It shouldn't be like putting drugs in your body to get that. I've heard people make arguments that sports like I think it was cycling. You you should either have it clean or you should let everyone do what they want. Yeah. And then what's the difference? And then you could go from there. Uh, but I mean, 
there's there's probably performance enhancing drugs in every sport. It's just whether it's whether they're banned or not. Like in the in the mid nineties, uh, some lanky French manager brought creatine over. No one had heard of it, and now it's part and parcel in every football every professional football team, I imagine. Um, and all that does is just help build muscle mass. But then you have someone take an inhaler and suddenly they get flagged up when their A sample pings. Um, so it's it's very thorny. And then you've got recreational drugs. And I could probably name a few players that probably love Coke or loved it back in the day. Um, famously so. And now they are they are employed by Sky Sports as pundits. So it's it's really thorny issue. But yeah. But my argument for legalizing all drugs in sport in the first place is that which I've spoken to Ethan about. He didn't agree with this point, but um <laughs> I think if we know that select group of people are taking drugs and not getting caught, right? In, for example, for example, Lance Armstrong in cycling, he was taking drugs for a long time. He was just good enough not to get caught until he did get caught. So if we ban substances, but we know there are people taking substances, then you're just selecting for the people who have like you're giving an advantage to the people who have the resources and the skill to not get caught taking the drugs. And like disadvantaging the people who maybe just don't have the resources to get in contact with that dealer who gives them the proper good stuff that never comes up. <laughs> right? I, I, I do think at that level, though, everyone has the resource. Like, these are professional athletes. And they, if. Yeah. I, I, I don't know enough professional cyclists to name a name, but if Dave wanted to get hold of. Um, whatever that stuff that enhances your blood. The, the what the Russians were up to back in the back in the mid tens, everyone could do that if they wanted to. Everyone probably has the capability nowadays. It's not like um, it's not like there's a massive difference between them. It's just who's willing to do that, like who's willing to do whatever needs to be done to win. Like the Luis Suarez argument, like. He says an awful human being, but in his mind, he's just trying to get a get an advantage over the player. It's just that happens to be borderline cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, I think that I think that is a good point. If we say that, you know, everyone does have the resources now, and it's not actually that difficult as it used to be for was before. Then I think that's a valid point to to go against legalizing all drugs. But also, there will be like people who are starting out and won't have that resource, and then you're depriving them like of that ability to compete with the the top. Right? Yeah, like yeah, like if if maybe at like youth level, if you're a son of a rich oil baron <laughs> who can afford to get the best drug dealer to you, versus like I don't know, <laughs> a kid from the favelas in Brazil who can't afford it. <laughs> You're really undermining your own arguments with like weird terminology that like, sounds like it's from The Wire or something. Like, I feel like I'm watching like a TV show. But no, no, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I agree with Arfi. Like, it's almost like a weird, like illegal gatekeeping mechanism to stop people from becoming an elite, right? Like, you're you're stopping those people who haven't really made it, haven't got the money, 
haven't got the resources um but yeah i mean the drug <laughs> issue as described last time and the gender you know debate is something i i was you know a bit in between on okay but i know arthi the reason why you wanted to come on is because you disagreed with some of the anecdotes and some of the stories and was it mainly to do with rule breaking? What What's your take? What What did you want to discuss? It was to do with rule breaking. I do want to bring up something about like women in sport, which is kind of related to what we were talking about. And okay, I don't know enough about rugby to like know whether this is, someone said this to me and I didn't know what to make of it. And it was like how women's rugby now is really good. And the way they're playing now is how men used to play before. Like it was more like, tactical and like it's a different way so now all the men who play are like quite big guys and women's rugby is what men's rugby used to be and it should stay that way because then more women can participate in sport but now it's moving in a way where it's like becoming more like men's rugby in that it's like more like larger women are going to start playing and then it will basically shut out a lot of you know tactics but yeah i think i think that's a natural progression because rugby union has only for men has only been professional since the mid 90s um in the mid 90s you had people who had day jobs like jason leonard who won the world cup in 2003 he was a scaffolder and a bricklayer and he didn't go pro until the mid 90s um and women's rugby i don't know how long it's been pro for but it isn't very long i'd be surprised if it was more than 10 years um and you're just seeing kind of the evolution of it happen. It will probably happen quicker because of the advances in sports science, stuff like that. Um, and also the safety grounds as well. Um, like without meaning to go off on a tangent, there's there's rugby players in their 40s who have got dementia and they stopped playing mm. 10 years ago. And that will not happen again. Uh, it should It shouldn't. And you won't have that with the women. They will probably be wrapped in cotton wool that bit more because there's a duty of care there. But yeah, it's um, mm. it's fascinating watching it from what it used to be. England used to be a real shambles and now they came within a point or two of winning the World Cup a couple of weeks ago. I guess my question is, what is more fun to watch for rugby? Is it more fun to watch a tactical game or is it more fun to watch an athletic like speedy game i don't think they're mutually exclusive i think again not meaning to go wanting to go down a tangent um men's rugby union internationally there are a lot of teams who can beat each other and the fact you had covid you had a, some teams who didn't play for a couple of years they stagnated and now they've caught up um you've also got the fact there's a world cup cycle so if you're a good team now, you probably won't be in with a shot of winning the World Cup because you're peaking too soon. Um, and like Artie said, they are bigger now. They are a lot bigger than they ever used to be. Um, you've got players who traditionally be quite small like wingers and they are probably the biggest people on the pitch. Yeah. Um, in the good old days, they'd be in the scrum. Yeah, because I feel like rugby has always been a physical game. So it's always yeah. been more entertaining to watch big, you know, big people running at each other, having massive clashes, than it is to watch a tactical kicking game. 
you know, kicking from end to end. I think rugby is on the way to homogenising in a way that rugby league is, where everyone's the same size in rugby league, more or less. But yeah. traditionally, union was always the sport where you could have players, you could have people with my build, which is under six foot and quite lucky, but then you could have very big players. Um, yeah, it's... Um, yeah. The, the reason I say this is... Oh, no, go, go ahead, Arthur. No, so I, so I was thinking, like, related to that, so should women play sport differently to men? Like, the same sport, but, like, in a different way? Like, so that way it's more accessible and more women can play? So I think the crux of the issue is not whether one is more entertaining than the other, is whether one's more effective than the other. I think maybe, yeah, okay. Plays oh, I completely disagree with your point, but go ahead. No, people are getting bigger, all right? But that's maybe that's because they're win like that's the tactic to to win. If suddenly some innovative coach comes around and like implements a strategy with you know much smaller, quicker players and ends up winning everything, then you know you'll see a gradual kind of adaptation of that strategy perhaps um, like uh, among more teams. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what um, Guardiola did at Barcelona um, back. He basically made it vogue for small, nippy midfielders, and now everyone does it. You look at how England are playing now, it's kind of had it gen had its genesis in the way that Barcelona played 10, 15 years ago. Um, and you, you find that in rugby as well. You find that South Africa have traditionally always been a very big team but big team means you can bully them, but it means you probably can't get around the field as much. And that's what happened in 97 uh, when the Lions beat them. They just had a smaller, more mobile pack and they just ran them round because they knew their fitness was superior. I, I completely disagree with what Ethan says, to be honest. <laughs> I think it's all down to the entertainment levels. Um, my evidence for this reason is let's look at basketball there's been so many rule changes that have been implemented because someone's done a new tactic that's way too effective and makes the game boring so then they implement a rule change to stop that effective tactic from happening to make it more entertaining the end goal is entertainment no the end goal is like for the league perhaps entertainment but for the teams is to win though right so like if your tactic still is able to win then they'll still do it okay maybe the rules have changed so they, they adapt it somehow but you yeah. know like in the end the team still wants to win and that's what you're going to get mostly yeah, fair enough but coming to Arfi's point it's like in the end you're going to trend towards entertainment because the governing board is going to make those rule changes to keep it entertaining rather than letting the most effective tactic work I guess I was just thinking about if you were playing and like making it more accessible to just everyone like let's make this more people get involved and then but that's less to do with like the money and getting people like entertaining people we have variations of sport so like you have tag rugby or sevens or tens and that's making it a lot more accessible <clears throat> to people um and I suppose that's the only the only example I can think of but yeah I think opening it up to more people is not a bad thing 
and tweaking stuff is not necessarily a bad thing as long as you're not doing it for the sake of it my my argument to this point is that how what's the best way of opening up to people is to make the sport very popular and hence entertaining like for example women's basketball has really bad low ratings and really bad revenue and is not very kind of not watched by many people and not played by too many women as well and one of the reasons is because they've kept the hoop at the same height as men's basketball but if they just lower the hoop like a foot then it would be a lot more entertaining and i'm sure a lot more people will be watching it and a lot more people would be playing it because of that because they would be able to dunk is this what you're saying i mean that's what shaq says okay yeah yeah but shaq says this so that they can dunk but yeah like for example the women's euro final england won and because of that it inspires so many people but the really reason it inspires so many people is because so many people are watching it so in the end to to get people to play the sport you've got to get people to watch the sport first maybe it's like, sounds like a chicken and egg situation here <laughs> your your argument was like circular at one point i was like wait hold on yeah why would you watch the sport unless like yeah you're interested in it, it is a bit of a chicken and the egg, egg one because like i didn't even know about like england women winning until afterwards and was like oh i didn't know and then we're like oh actually maybe i should follow this and that's after it's all happened yeah but I think the only reason you know is because obviously it was like they have they have done a lot better at promoting it. And to be fair, the women's football has gotten a lot better at a skill level as well. So it's a lot a lot um, more fun to watch. Women's football also used the same size goal apparently. I'll just quickly Google it. Yeah. Which and... <laughs> I had no idea until now. Yeah, and what's one of the biggest complaints about women's football is that the goalkeepers aren't at the same level as the outfield players. So why not just make the goals a bit smaller so the goalkeepers can make cooler saves? Like, that makes sense, but people would argue it. Like, people would say, oh, it's not the same, like, it's not fair. And somebody would go against it, which is why they do it this way. I think me and my monkey brain just wants to see entertainment. <laughs> happen, so I'm all for it. Monkey brain, wow. Well, this was what I kind of said in the first episode as well. Like, I, I don't, again, I'm a massive tennis fan. I played when I was younger. Um, I don't like the fact that it's out of three for women and out of five for men. I'm like, let me play fucking five. I can fucking do it. Like, anyway, I know like size of goal and height of hoop is slightly different, but I, I just don't like the imbalance. It's like, why should we only play three games? Uh, give me five. I'll be a little bit more knackered as well, but it doesn't matter. Give me five. I would like to be on an equal footing as the men. Do you think the women pro tennis players actually kind of feel that's a uh... You know, a negative. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I don't know enough. You know, I don't know what their opinions are, because, to be honest. Yeah. And I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't see why they can't play five games and it's be a lot, you know, more fun to watch because you have closer batters and things. But I've never seen a women's tennis player come out and be like, we should be playing five games rather than three. Yeah, I just Maybe don't know. Really tired. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should be like, the men should be like, we should be playing three. We should be playing three. What's going on? Yeah, like, maybe. I actually think like something that Jason mentioned earlier might be relevant here, or for like a lot of these things. Like, how do we know they haven't already tried it somewhere? True. And it wasn't, you know, it just didn't work out for some reason. Like either way, you know, would trials like that not take place in a in a ATP tournament? Like, 
in rugby, I know when they have trial law changes, like they did it in New Zealand, they lowered the tackle law, the tackle height to below the nipple line, if you excuse me for being that crude. Um, <laughs> well, was that the in, in the official rule book? Nipple? What's yeah. the nipple? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah. I feel like oh, a nipple. A nipple could be like up here. It could also oh, no, no, no. As, you know, as a medical professional, you've seen a lot of nipples, yeah. They, they can, Hypothetical <laughs> nipple There's line. a lot of variation there. Okay, so and... for all the listeners first, what what we're seeing right now is everyone on this stream just pointing to where they perceive a nipple line to be, right? This is what's happening right now. That should be the screen. That's going to be the, the Facebook logo right there. Just everybody getting their nips out. That's fine. Well, hold on. So hold on. If, you, if you want to trial these changes, you've got to do it live. There's no point talking about it hypothetically. Um, so, like, there's loads of stuff that they've done with rugby and they trial it in different competitions to see how it goes. And if it goes well, they implement it worldwide. So, I say this as a, like, the absolute layman for tennis. But I think if they wanted to go down that route, it would have been trialed and we would have heard about it. I think we've got to do our research. I'm gonna. I know what I'll be googling over the next couple of days. No, nah, no. Nah, listeners will let us know. Listeners, you you tag us and let us know. Have have women played like you know, best out of five sets, best out of seven? Who knows? Has anyone done that for tennis? Maybe. And they were like, nah, these people are fucking knackered now. Like we can't. This is a terrible product. Um, yeah, you definitely let us know. Uh, Arthi, was there anything else you? mentioned yeah. rules before what, yeah what i'm so, sitting on the edge of my seat yes. so basically i after i heard about your like you know love of winning and how you will do anything to win <laughs> i personally lost a lot of respect for you as an individual okay like i'm very much the, the like the person for the sportsmanship i think that the sport should like override like everything else you're playing this like by the rules that's very important like and it's good it's like even if you don't like want the other team to win you you still should be like polite and nice while you're playing the sport there's no need for bad blood there's no need for like i don't know taking the goal like taking a football and putting it in a goal like when no one knew what you were doing like that that seems like a shitty move like <laughs> okay um before i see that tom has raised his hand virtually <laughs> and metaphorically go on did you want us? To... Oh, just that bit in the podcast. I can I can overlook you saying sport is a product because I can almost see where you're coming from. But to say you're a bit you're a bit chippy and like to break the rules and get in people's heads, and that was your example. Um, I just felt really let down by that in you. Okay. Just okay. if you're gonna do that, like, did you not? Did you see what the um? Ghanaian forward tried to do earlier. He loitered behind the goalie, waited yeah. for the goalie to roll, roll the ball out. It's like a wish.com version of that. Uh, well, actually, I scored, so... <laughs> Look, okay. So, actually, you know, you mentioned one of the players that I respect. I not necessarily like him, because personally, he's a bit of a dick, but I respect the fuck out of him. That's Luis Suarez, because that man will do whatever it takes to win. And... Alright, Arthi, first of all, thank you for having respect for me in the first place. 
<laughs> you know, like. Okay, I don't there's, feel. There's not many out there. I have to no. say, not many out there. <laughs> but um. You're brave to admit it. <laughs> Any respect I did have is long gone. Okay, that's you know that's that's cool. I mean, I was like on borrowed money. I was playing with house money, basically. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Like, I am the friendliest guy before and after the game, but for me, the point of the game is to win, so I will win. And look, even though I might stray into breaking the rules or playing dirty, I deserve whatever i get for doing that i deserve whatever i get if i foul someone and it's a dirty foul you send me off no complaints from me but if i get away with it i'm not going to complain either it's all about the victory during the game after the game i'm all happy and you know whatever like this is what i said like in the podcast a lot of people wanted to fight me i never wanted to fight anyone i don't care like look this is just a game i'm having fun this is how I play. If I win, I'm all happy and smiles. If I lose, I'm pissed. But I'm not going to hold it against anyone. That's, that doesn't make sense. It's like, how can you say it's just a game, yet take it so seriously and like almost cheat? Like, because, not like, cheat, I, but like, you know what I mean? Because I want to play the game, right? Like, I enjoy playing the game. Right? But, but then, like, it doesn't have to extend further from that. But it sounds like you take it really seriously when you're in it. Like, you want to win. But yeah. then when people take it seriously and get angry with you, you're just like, oh, well, there's no need. It's just a game. It's like, you can't have it both ways. Oh, no, no, like... no. They, they can take it seriously. That's fine. They can punch me in the face. That's fine. Like, I, I, like, as in, I accept that. I accept if I do something. That? So, like, you don't mind if someone else does the same thing that you're yeah. doing to them. Uh, like, you accept that. In fact... I might admire them for that. I'll be like, oh, how can I implement that into my game next time? Oh, no, at the time, I'm going to be pissed, right? I'm like, I hate losing. I don't want that. But I will respect the hell out of it. The same with the Luis Suarez thing. He's always on the team that I'm not supporting. But I can't help but admire that man for the the goal that he has and like the, the things he's willing to do to win. I can't help but respect him. You admire like Roberts as well, like. Like so the... you respect someone who, if some what Luis Suarez is best known for, yeah. if you did that to someone in the street, you'd likely go to prison. Okay, but did he go to prison? I'm just <laughs> okay, fair I... enough. That so is I like was... physical assault, you know. Are we condoning that? We're not condoning yeah. anything. I'm not saying. Look, look. Just because I admire or like operate in the gray area doesn't mean i will do everything that has ever been done by humans doesn't mean that i will actually do those things right Let, let's let's get some things straight like i there are lines that i will cross but doesn't mean i will cross all lines this is where it's a gray area for me as well right because at first i was in shock horror of ethan right and his his dirty tactics but then i was like actually having the fucking audacity to do that i also agree with him i was like i actually admire anybody who would even try it right but then i thought about getting away with um stuff in life not just in sport but then like you said arthur about robbers and stuff then we're breaching into like criminality right so it's it that's why it's such a gray area it's like i'm not gonna let anyone get away with anything but you know it's it, for some reason and i don't know why in my head 
it's different in sports. Like we said, we're not condoning physical abuse or stuff, but like the f- like I just admire Ethan's intelligence for even having the guts, the the idea to play that dirty tactic with the goalie. I don't like, think guts is the right word, though. I don't think we should be, like, you know, applauding this. We, we should really be looking at this thing. And this is pretty low. This is, like, a low bar, not, like, a high bar. Like, you're looking at it the wrong way. I'm not saying people should get away with things. Like, like that. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not even saying that for myself, really, right? In fact, I think I'm saying almost the opposite. You know, you get what you deserve, right? But if you have... For sport, if you have the bravery, the, you know, ability to try something and it works and you do get away with it, fair play. But I'm not saying you should get away with it. I have a question for you then, Ethan. Yeah. If you say, like you said, you know, you do have some lines that you won't cross, right? Yeah. As in, if someone did that to you, you'll be like, I don't admire you because that was a line that, you know, I wouldn't cross, right? Yes. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, yeah. So what if the thing you're doing to the other person is crossing that line for them? Should you, you know, should you be doing that? You know, that is that line that, you know, at that point, I don't respect you anymore. Oh, you mean, okay, so you're saying, should I cross their line? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Why is it okay for you to cross their line, but someone else crosses your line, you're just like, nah, 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 like, mate, you're, you're wrong. Oh, no, they they can cross my line. Like, no, they can cross my line. I won't be happy. You guys are making me feel like, oh, they crossed my line. I'm super happy. Cool, whatever. Chill. No, I'll be pissed. I'm in my right to be pissed. And if I cross their line, they're in their right to be pissed as well. I'm just saying, like, everything so is just... So you'll be pissed, but you'll be like, that's fair enough. You, you can just do that. Which I don't know if you would say that for anything someone else might do to you, man. That's true, but like, you know, there's got to be, you know I mean? you, we got to put a cap on, like, you know, someone brings <laughs> a knife to the game and like stabs me. I'm not going to be but like... I think for some people, they're really like, you know, sneaking up behind a keeper is, you know, a line that you should never cross. And you should be like, that is just not okay. But that's not even against, that's n- nowhere in the rules says that's not Can okay. justify this? No, I, no, I think, no, I don't I need to justify it. A bit more, it's happened. <laughs> I don't need to justify it. Um... Because but also, if the ref or the umpire allows the fucking goal, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's one yeah. of those where it's like, it's like, it's the grey, and it's like, it's just not sportsmanlike. Like, it's just not nice. Like, because at the end of the day, I'm there to watch the sport. Like, I want, like, good quality sport. I want, like, shit like this. I want, like, you know, people playing good and, like, even, yeah. I want everyone to win, but within the rules and within the, you know, sportsman. But this is the point. There are no, like, I know I understand sportsmanship, but there are no physical rules. What Ethan did wasn't against any rule book. Yeah, but it's just, it's just, it's just the sport. I don't know what the definition of sportsmanship is. I don't know, but it's, it's just being nice, right? Just don't be a dick. I think that's it. Well, I think I taught that keeper a very valuable life lesson. Don't so if people. anything, <laughs> if anything, I did him a favor. So. <laughs> That is the best thing I could have done for that man. Just think, he could have lived his whole life and that never had happened to him. You could say that about anything. <laughs> don't give me that. <laughs> I don't agree with Ethan, but I do think like you do need you need you need some bad guys in sport. 
for you do need like that that bad egg. You need some like mischievous, some underhanded tactics players. To be fair, do you live for the controversy, Jason? I do live for the controversy a bit, but I do think you need a heel. Like is that that's what they call it in American sports, a yeah. heel, for the sport <laughs> to really go off. If everyone is just super nice and friendly to each other, what do you mean by a heel? Nice. The bad guy. Yeah, so it's like a term that is it from wrestling? Mostly American. Yeah, Americans use in wrestling, but they do use in other sports as well. For for that person who does do underhanded tactics, who's a bit um, you know morally grey. You need a um, shite bag. Yeah, you need exactly. someone who is divisive. If if they were on the opposition, you'd hate them, and if they are on your team, you'd love them. Yeah. Do you agree, Arthur? The thing is, I hate to say it, but even like. I love watching sport for that. Like the shitsters who are like, oh, make, make... Ethan is no. the shitster. <laughs> Ethan is the shitster, and you're ragging on him. Right, stop <laughs> shouting that phrase, please. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean. You can't bring it to a lower level and then go, oh, I love it when the famous no, shitsters like, do it. I think what it is is like those shitsters who I'm watching on the TV. I don't know them. Like they're not people who like I admire or respect. You wouldn't go to the pub with them. No, like and now you that... won't go to the pub with Ethan. Exactly, I think right, that's okay. it. Like, because he's a real life person. Like, come on, like we're not getting paid to do this. <laughs> that is a fair point. I was not getting paid to do that. I did that for free, and I would do it again for free. <laughs> I think the best memory of like a heel doing something that still, you know, is in, lives in my head rent free is we're talking about Luis Suarez, but when he handballed against Ghana on the line. I can still remember that. And then his there. reaction when the penalty was missed. Yeah. That was when he solidified That's himself just in the legendary. Yard. Essentially, Luis Suarez, like, extra time, last minute. He ha- he deliberately handballed a shot, in, definitely going into the goal to prevent them from winning. It, so it would go to penalty shootout. And obviously, then they, Uruguay did win the penalty shootout. So his sacrifice was worth it. Was this a World uh, Cup by any chance? Yeah, it's gone in 2010. Yeah, knockout okay. stages as well. It and is... the beauty of it is there will be a rematch of that in the next week or so. Uruguay <laughs> and Ghana in the same group. Um, like... And Suarez is still playing, but the fella who missed the penalty isn't. That's so long ago, but I still like, remember it pixel to pixel. It's, it's, so, just... visceral. it's, it's so visceral. It's like just the the fact that the fella when he steps up to take the penalty skied it and then they just cut away and there's that little shit bag <laughs> celebrating the thing is he was sent off but he was yeah. just like waiting in the tunnel like yeah. just kind of just waiting there just to see just to see the the penalty what a dick right so yeah you definitely need a heel it's yeah legendary moment were there any other thoughts before we wrap up everyone I don't believe so. I'm, I'm out of hot takes. Ethan's either right. reading his notes or taking a big gulp of whiskey. I can't tell which. No, I was reading. Um, not really, no. I think we... Uh, I learned a lot about myself. Thank you all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, I would say that the second half of this pod took a dark turn for Ethan. It's, uh, That's why I'm here. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot of introspection needed. You know, I need to think about the man I was and the man I've become. <laughs> and um, 
So I would like to thank you all, all of our three lovely guests, and you, of course, Yvonne, for uh, helping me, you know, become a better person, I guess. Hopefully. Navigate. Hopefully. I'm not going to lie. I felt like my role the entire podcast was like just shit stirrer. Like, Tom, what did you say about Ethan? Arthie, what was it that you wanted to say? Yeah, motherfucker. Not telling you anything again. Yeah. Makes for a juicier podcast, right? Um, <laughs> you know where to find us, guys. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram at Permeable Minds. And if you want to email us, we can be found at permeablemindspodcast at gmail.com. This is going to be the last listeners panel of the year. So hopefully it is a strong one to take us out. And let's hope, when does it end? Three weeks, four weeks, the World Cup? The final is on December the 18th. December the 18th. Hopefully we will be celebrating an England win before Christmas. So until then, stay tuned. And we've got one final episode before the year is out. But yeah, just like Ethan said, thank you so much for today. Sport isn't my expertise, but I I love to be challenged. I love a good argument. And we will see you guys on the next listeners panel next year. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye.